0: Another Cougar game is in the books. This will be the 12th play for the Cougars here on their opening drive. From the five, Hall, handoff, and touchdown, BYU, Lopini Katoa. That's his second rushing touchdown on the year for Katoa. Back to start the second quarter. Hall on first down by Puka Makua into the end zone. Touchdown. Right out the gate. Hall, five-yard pass to Puka Makua, his fourth touchdown on the season. You have to be thinking handoff Logan right here. He'll give it to Wright, and Wright's in the end zone. Touchdown, Georgia Southern. Wright in the end zone. Touchdown, Eagles. Second touchdown for Wright today and the Eagles have the lead. And it's 17-14 to Georgia. Southern. Second and goal from the one. They go to Algier again. Touchdown BYU. And that is his 18th rushing touchdown on the season. The extra point is good. It is 27-17. Lamar Jones back in the quarterback. He has Wright and White. In the backfield with him. Jones going to pass. And interception. Picked off by Jacob Robinson. Logan Wright did not see the ball, did not turn around at all. Play action. Segalski fires. And it's picked off. Jacob Robinson again. His second interception. Paul throws deep. And caught. Puka Nakua. Touchdown, BYU. This win will improve the Cougars to 9-2 on the year. Georgia Southern will drop to 3-8. A challenging back and forth and a fun first half between these two teams. BYU outscoring Georgia Southern 14-0 in the second half. Final score, BYU, 34 to Georgia Southern, 17. The clock is at zero, and it's time to break down today's game. This is your Cougar Post Game Show, presented by JCW's and Tri-Day Trading, on 97.5, 1280 The Zone, in the Zone Sports Network.
1: Welcome into your Cougar Post Game Show here on the Zone Sports Network. Hope you all are doing great out there. BYU wins it 34 to 17 over Georgia Southern. Hans Olsen, Jay Catch, we are live at JCW's in Provo. Cougar post game show brought to you by friends at JCW's. Love being down here for BYU pre and post game. Also brought to you by trydaytrading.com. And Hans, well, that was an interesting one. I think more interesting than we anticipated going in.
2: Yeah, I can't believe some of the things that happened in this thing i will talk about the first half and we'll talk about how byu closed this out i'll give you some uh of the adjustments that i saw from byu in the second half especially defensively but what's going on with the flying burritos here Drake? So,
1: uh, Mason Wake, BYU's illustrious fullback, was live-streaming Kalani Sitake's uh, post-game chat, and I happened to click on it. I was watching And he also said this also in, apparently in his post-game comments that uh, hopefully we'll be able to get on air before we wrap up here. We're still efforting those. But uh, apparently he said that he was hit by a burrito in the first half of this game. I reached out to somebody with the team and said that Kalani was not the only one hit by flying burritos in this contest at Georgia Southern.
2: So people just throwing burritos around? Uh, apparently,
1: apparently so.
2: In this, in this climate, this food shortage, <laughs> yes. you throwing burritos? Pretty expensive yeah. venture. I promise you hit Blake Freeland with one of those burritos. He's going to turn around and eat it. Um, if, if, if I was in the right mood and I got hit by a wrapped burrito and I, and I had my helmet off, a little bit of a defensive rest, I would probably pick it up and consume it. Or at least okay. consume a few a few <laughs> bites of it. I've been hit by worse things than burritos. But this is weird. So they're throwing yeah. burritos at the BYU football team?
1: That is according to Kalani Sitake himself. Multiple burritos were thrown. He was hit by one himself. And I had somebody else in the program say that multiple BYU uh, players, staffers, et cetera, on the sideline were hit by burritos in the first half of that game.
2: <laughs> you can't make this stuff up, man. <laughs> Like who throws a burrito? Isn't that uh isn't that what Ron Burgundy says? Yes. Or is that what the guy yeah. goes No, exactly, It's the Ron Burgundy quote. Who throws a burrito? <laughs> no, Ron Burgundy threw the burrito. Oh, he, oh no, you're oh. right. He, did, no, he, he hit he Jack Black. You're right, he did hit Jack Black. He hit him with the what, burrito, you're correct. Lloyd Banking. What do you love, Brosaf? Well I, I love burritos and I love my dog Baxter. <laughs> I can't believe this. They're actually checking burritos. At the boys, all right. We'll get past it, Jake, because we do have some things that we need to break down. First and foremost, okay. When when BYU went into this game, when they when they started this game, there is one guy that I could have told you you cannot live without in this game because of what Georgia Southern does defensively. You can, and and what's already happened to BYU's defense with Wilgar and Keenan and uh, let's see, all you. And let's see, what other linebacker am I missing? I'm missing one other You're one other starting linebacker for Max BYU. Max did you
1: mention Tuley already? Well that, that's who I'm he gonna was, get to. Oh, he was knocked out of this game. So you had Will Gark, Peaton and Peely, Chaz Ayu. And uh, there's one
2: more that I am not uh, remembering. But going into this game, if you'd have said to me, Who can BYU not do without? Because of what Georgia Southern does defensively in that run attack, the one guy that told you is probably Ben Bywater. The, se- <laughs> the second guy is Max Tooley. You could not be without Max But be- Between Bywater and Thule, it's probably a toss-up. I actually like Thule because he's a little bit more of a heads-off-the-body type linebacker. He He's just more physically aggressive, as we saw with this targeting call. But with all the injuries that you had at the BYU linebacking position, and then losing Max Tooley early in this game to a targeting call, you saw Georgia Southern get going on a couple of offensive drives. that were earned offensive drives. These didn't come off short fields by BYU turnovers. These were earned offensive drives by Georgia Southern. And really to start the game, the drive that they got going they ended up with three points. There were a couple of moments in this game where I started scratching my head thinking, what are they doing? Well, it came down, Jake, to BYU and their gap integrity. Now, it's kind of weird because they were running – in the first half of this game, they were running three downs. And they had Max Tooley and they had Bywater and they had a couple of other guys, number 10. I can't ever remember his name. Morgan Um, Piper. Morgan Piper, they had the Criddle kid. They had some other guys that were trying to patrol, and they were trying to hold up on this thing. But you had three downs. They were getting moved or they were getting walled, and those linebackers were getting chewed up. Criddle was getting used up. Mm-hmm. Um, number 10 was getting used up. They, co- they couldn't fill. They couldn't defeat the blocks. They couldn't push blocks back into gaps. They, couldn't, they weren't contacting at line of scrimmage. They weren't getting off blocks. They were getting walled. And you saw multiple runs break for multiple first downs and some big yardage. And then a couple of touchdowns that came from ground production. It was an unacceptable first half of defensive football for BYU. They come out in the second half and in the very first possession for Georgia Southern, they've got four downs, they've got linebackers walked up, they've got seven in the box and they start really playing the edges of that Georgia Southern keep-run-off-edge offense. And they did a really good job of of really stopping things up, stopping the bleeding in the second half, and they don't give up a point in the second half. Mm -hmm. They put 14 on the board. It was never in question after they got that first touchdown. It never felt like it was in question. Georgia Southern had one nice drive that got them in scoring position, and they threw the interception. But other than that, I thought that the second half adjustments, as we've seen in the past, were, were very solid. Jake, well,
1: yeah, S- similar to Virginia, they kind of they, they held Georgia Southern like they did Virginia. They limited them. They held Georgia yeah. Southern to no points, and I did the math on this hands. So Georgia Southern had 175 total yards at halftime. They finished with 268. BYU gave up 93 total yards in the final 30 minutes of that game.
2: That's great. That's really. That's- That's an impressive turnaround, yeah. Well, and and really, it should have been 186 total yards in the game. Um, You know, if if we're just going off the second half, really the whole thing should have been like the second half was. Um, But with that being said, Georgia Southern ended up with 268 total yards so it wasn't a a complete onslaught it was just the first half Mm -hmm. it was some lane issues some tackling issues and linebackers that just didn't feel ready for the moment and weren't completely in position I, I always hesitate to be overly hard on anybody because I know parents out there and the players themselves I know that in a given game this kid's got 65 defensive snaps He's probably doing his job on 58, maybe 60 of those defensive snaps. But when you see gaps open, and I tweeted out a still photo of one of the gaps that was open, Jake, and you, DJ, and PK, with all of your morning equipment, headsets on, could have walked through this hole and into the end zone.
1: I saw saw the link you put out there, yeah.
2: You could have taken the whole morning show through this gap, and it came down to, you know, one of the 68 snaps that you played, you didn't try hard enough. You didn't extend. You didn't defeat a block. You didn't push the block back into the hole. Or you took the wrong step. You got hooked. You you settled for the hook. So there were, there were some of those things going, and I, I really do empathize with the parents and the players out there because – I get it man. I've been the player that played 68 snaps and played 64 of them well, but the four that I didn't play well ended up in a third and 5, getting a giving up a conversion, extending a drive, a, a maybe uh getting myself out of gap, giving up a big 24-yard chunk play, you know, something something stupid or something like Jake in one of those four plays of stupidity. I get a free run at the quarterback, and instead of slipping my head to the side, uh-huh. I put the crown down and right in his chest. And I don't even want to get into the debate tonight because I, 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 I disagree with that ejection. Sure. I, d- I disagree with that being a targeting. He dropped his face mask and helmet on the chest of this quarterback. Put it, the, he put it right the, in
1: his sternum. Yeah.
2: Right in the sternum. And the reason I agreed that it is targeting is because, by the rule, he did tip his helmet just a little bit too much, and the crown did follow through into the chest. And I've seen four or five ejections this year that are exactly like that. So mm-hmm. I, I know what they're looking for, but I also understand what BYU fans are saying when they're like, how is he ejected for this? I'm actually on both sides of this thing. I try to walk it and try to understand it because I love physical football, but he that's a mistake, Jake. Yeah. That is a mental error by Thule to not slip his head to the side knowing that they're ejecting players for that type of play.
1: Yeah, and, that, and that's something that he's going to learn from that. I guess the only positive for a guy like Max 2 is that that did happen in the first half, and he will not miss any of the game next week against USC. Right. So that's the only, I guess, positive to come out of it. My, my overall thought on the targeting rule, hands is they need to reapproach. They need to take it back to the drawing board and try and come up with something different. Knocking these kids out of an entire game because of one hit just doesn't do it for me. But as you're, I, I think you're also spot on with this. I think it, it, it plays both sides. Yes, letter of the law. It was a targeting ejection, but if he does, moves his head to either side and just rams his shoulder through the guy's chest, he's just fine. It's just, you're you're right. Some of these small things, you've got to learn from them, clean them up, and the hope is that you can clean them up in a win like BYU did today in the case of Max Tooley and not mm-hmm. have it be a catastrophic error that cost you in a loss.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, moving away from that and getting into some of the positive things, offensively you put up 34 points. And I talked about some of Jaron Hall's numbers that I would like to see in the game today. He didn't get to the 380 yards passing, but he did get to 312 yards passing on 17 completions And a couple of touchdowns. Uh, One underthrown deep ball, but then a couple of well-thrown deep balls. Uh, That first deep ball that he threw to Keanu Hill was underthrown and there's really no argument about that it was underthrown he had time it took him just a second too long to see that break away because Keanu was behind the defense by Mm -hmm. at least 10 yards and if he just lobbed that with everything he had towards the end zone you know Keanu Hill would have got under that so that was underthrown but he did hit some nice deep targets and he ended up with 312 yards they limited him on the carries and i get that because now you're getting ready for usc the last thing you wanted was jaron hall bruised up banged up and and looking to be like yeah but at least jaron got 12 carries for 84 yards you didn't want that in this game they limited it to five carries for 21 yards and that's about where it should be one of the things i'd like to see is lapina Lep- katoa with 10 carries. Tyler Algier with, you know, maybe 15, 20. But I do think that they're trying to keep Tyler Algier's numbers high. I think they're trying to keep him in the audience eye. You know, he got the national recognition as a semifinalist for the Doak Walker Award Mm -hmm. at the beginning of last week. So I think they're trying to keep him engaged in that award. So he ends up with 25 carries for 140 yards and a touchdown. A great night by Tyler Algier. Um, But – I felt like there were a lot of good things offensively. I did feel like there was a little bit too much creativity at times in the first half that slowed down in the second half. But I think sometimes Aaron Roderick comes out. By the way, I always love his opening drives. But I think he tries to come out with a little bit of energy and force uh-huh. defenses to watch things instead of just being ho-hum, Let's. I think he tells his guys, hey, let's go have some fun. Let's go have yep. some fun. Everybody yep. lighten up. Let's, hey, let's go run a little bit. Hey, Puka, we'll get you involved. Samson, we'll get you involved. Jaron, we're going to allow you to flip back and throw back. That didn't like the fourth and two call. But, hey, if that's completed, then everybody's praising him saying, oh, man, what a great gadget play in a fourth and two moment. So I, I still even liked what I saw offensively, even when it didn't look as clean.
1: Absolutely. We'll get to more of this. Obviously, if you'd like, like to weigh in with your thoughts, please do so on Twitter. I'm at Jacob C. Hatch. Hands is at 975hands. Uh, you can let us know your thoughts there. Uh, we'll have more in a moment, but first hands, we need to, do need to talk about two of our sponsors. You and I spent the pregame show uh, down here, JCW's, enjoyed a delicious meal during the game, love these folks here. But also our postgame shows are brought to you by our friends at trydaytrading.com yeah. and it's a really simple thing that you can do to give the day trading market a try, and the way they set it up, it makes it really, really fun.
2: Well, they're the best, too. Uh, you've met Ryan, you've met uh-huh. James. You know, these are my buddies I started into the day trading thing over four years ago, and I've had a blast. I've had so many listeners reach out to me, tell me how they are able to make money. You can make money in front of your own computer. You could take your laptop to the beach as long as you got Wi-Fi and a computer, and you can work by by just placing daily trades based off of what you're seeing on their software and what you're getting from the personalized coaching. Become a day trader. Make extra money. Go to trydaytrading.com. It's just $10 to sign up for a 30 day trial. You get to see everything for 30 days and you get to trade live time with Funny Money.
1: Check it out my friends, more in a moment. This is your Cougar post game show right here on the Zone Sports Network.
0: Second and goal from the one. They go to Algier again, touchdown BYU. And that is his 18th rushing touchdown on the season. The extra point is good. It is
1: 27-17. Well, welcome back to your Cougar postgame show here on the Zone Sports Network. Hans Olsen, Jay Catch, recapping a 34-17 victory for the BYU Cougars over the Georgia Southern Eagles. and. Hands, I was just kind of looking at some of the different statistics here. And defensively, do you know who led BYU in tackles in this game? I think it's a pretty simple guess for you, if, you, if we're being honest.
2: Well, if the defense funneled the way it should, without Tuli, it should be Bywater.
1: It was Ben Bywater. Eight total tackles, two tackles for loss for him. So a pretty good night once again for BYU's leading tackler on the season.
2: Well, I think that at, at one point in that game, he was about the only linebacker that had real experience. I I, I get it that you've seen a couple of these other guys on the field and they've had to take Mm -hmm. reps and they're having to get better. But I was pretty disappointed. I was really disappointed. I'll be honest. In the first half of that game, I was disappointed by the effort of some of these defensive guys to just get off the block. And I I do think that some of that three-down scheme – played poorly into yes. some of the the gadget scheme of Georgia Southern especially the between the tackle runs which you saw one run for about 15 yards come between the tackle and then I think that that first touchdown if I remember right came between the tackle so there were some there were some fundamental issues some scheme issues but I was disappointed with guys effort to get off the block or or skill to get off the block, or technique to get off the block, or, or desire or want to. I don't, I don't know if all those things might have played in to certain times in this game, but it was not the best in the first half. Definitely improved in the second half.
1: Well, so, Hans, I wanted to bring that up with you. Uriah Leitao, when we spoke with him earlier in the week, he was, like, he was asked a question about like what he expected BYU to do on defense against Georgia Southern. And he said, I don't want to reveal too much, but we're going to do something that we haven't necessarily done much in the past. And he said, I probably revealed too much by saying that. But they came out and they did that essentially with the 4-2-5 that Utah likes to run. We've seen Kyle Whittingham adopt as kind of his base defense. We saw BYU run a lot of that, and it seemed like when they had their most success and slowed – Georgia Southern the best, is when they went with that four-down alignment. Am I, am I yeah. right in, in yeah. uh, talking about that?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, and they ended up uh, taking you know a guy that kind of doubles as a, a, a defensive lineman and a linebacker, and they put him opposite of Tyler Batty. And you saw a, a better balance with that, an ability to press on that offensive tackle and to try to really cover – that C-gap from the outside shoulder of the tackle to the numbers. And I thought he did a better job in in that. I'm talking about Pepe Tanavasa.
1: Pepe Tanavasa, yeah, number 45.
2: Did a better job in the second half of of really pressing from the tackle shoulder to the numbers and trying to control some of that run game. And then I felt like the defensive line, instead of worrying about any type of two-gapping, they were more reacting just to their gap. At least that was some of the early vision I saw on it. But there's no question there were some good adjustments made. And I do wonder a little bit, you know, I was talking about how irritated those guys should be and would be Mm -hmm. coming into that Georgia Southern game. I wonder if that irritation may have led to some complacency. And then once they saw a couple points go up on the board, they go into half, up only 20 to 17, it really stirred them up because it felt like they performed much better. I didn't have any real concerns about the offense against Georgia Southern. I, you know, it wasn't the 48 or 52 point performance that maybe some in probably me included, I I would have liked to seen 42 or, or 48 points put on the board, but my concerns of, of how that offense clicking, they're pretty, they're pretty low. You know, you had a fourth and two situation where a gadget fell apart off a little bit of pressure and, and kind of a stumbled moment on a throwback. And I just don't have a lot of issues. Jake, one thing I do have an issue with. Okay. I don't like the fact that it took a replay booth to get an onside kick overturned. Uh, I don't like the fact that BYU in their scheme and, and in bailing put themselves in a really tough situation because Georgia Southern had just scored. They started to grab the momentum, and they throw out a little bit of a pooch onside kick off to the left side. And if that Georgia Southern player's foot doesn't tap out of bounds while his hand is touching the ball, then that ends up in Georgia Southern's possession on BYU's, like, 35, 40-yard line. That would have been a really bad turn of events. I don't like seeing that. Even I was sitting there thinking in my mind I would 100% – after being knowing that Georgia Southern had nothing to lose, being on the road, being in that stadium, I would have absolutely been expecting that onside kick. I've got to imagine that Ed Lamb, the whole offensive staff, the whole special team staff was yelling across the field, watch the onside kick. They yeah. had to have been. Because I've been in that position so many times, and the coaches are yelling it, and you're almost like, yeah, 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 we get it.
1: And then you bail out, and they do it.
2: And then you bail out, and that stupid thing, two hops, and you're in a bad position. But luckily the guy's foot was out of bounds, but I I did not like the fact that that was almost a turnover.
1: Yeah, and see, that's the thing about that, hands is that, that moment right there, BYU has some issues on special teams. We saw, uh, well, I outside of the field goal kicking today, it felt like in every other fast of the special teams, BYU had a deficiency to some level. You mentioned the onside kick. You also saw them kick a kickoff out of bounds, giving uh, Georgia Southern good field position right before the end of the first half there. Yep. Uh, the, the special teams needs work. It, it, it's just not as tight and as efficient as it has been in past seasons so far this year for BYU. And I, I don't necessarily have a good explanation for it.
2: Well, um, I will tell you this. Um, I think going against a team like USC, and USC suffered a, an ugly loss today.
1: They gave up 60-plus 60, 60 points to UCLA last I checked.
2: <laughs> it was 62-33 to 33 on no, the final. Yeah,
1: it was 62-33. Yeah. Okay, jeez, <laughs> My goodness. That team has given up. They're done.
2: I was gonna say that special teams might make a difference in that USC game, but I'll tell you, man, I, maybe Georgia Southern's better than this USC team. That that is that is a mess. They gave up. They had uh, two twenty-point quarters that they gave up, the second and fourth, and, and and it was embarrassing for them. But yeah, they they do need to tighten up the special teams because. Well, I think I saw you mention it on your Twitter. UTSA stays undefeated. I know. They
1: won in the final seconds. They got a touchdown. I believe it was like three seconds to go to beat UAB and keep their perfect season alive.
2: I know some people were concerned about that. I, I wasn't. I, I felt like UTSA. And I, I know that that's a, a fairly decent team, but I figured they'd get that win. Uh, they should finish 12-0 now. And that, if, if, I'm a, if I'm a BYU assistant staff that's responsible for film work, I'm already collecting UTSA.
1: I would be. There's no doubt about that because all the projections seem to indicate that that Independence Bowl is going to be a matchup between two nationally ranked teams, and that would be the BYU Cougars and the UTSA Roadrunners. So yeah. uh, it would be a little bit of a rematch of the 2020 season. They played a game here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, and it was a 27-20 to 20 ball game. It sure seems like it would be a pretty fun game if that's how it ultimately goes down. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, so hands one other thing I wanted to ask you about is uh, with USC upcoming for BYU, what, uh, what should the mentality for BYU be? Because, yes, we saw UCLA just absolutely just crushed USC in this game. Yeah. It sure seems like USC has given up. But how does BYU need to approach this coming week?
2: Well, so, Jake, uh, help me with this because we kicked off the Utah pregame show mm-hmm. and Frank Dolce yeah. and I took it up there to the hour. Um, and I didn't get to see that final offensive possession for BYU. Mm-hmm. Did, did, do you feel like they could have just driven that? Did they yes. take
1: a knee? Kalani did what he has is, he is opt, always opted to do, and that is to go with, a, with the classy route and take a knee. He actually uh, took a knee. A Georgia Southern player uh, came off the ball, ripped off Joe Tukwafu's helmet, caused a bunch of guys to start shoving and pushing and whatnot. They called on sportsmanlike conduct on everything. That put BYU down to the six-yard line, and there were a lot of BYU fans who were saying, okay, after that Bush League move, punch it in Kalani. What does Kalani opt to do, as you know him to do? Takes yep. the knee, ends the game.
2: Yeah, gives the mercy up, and I, I – I bless Kalani's heart. I completely disagree with it. BYU has got to have style points. So you ask me what they've got to do in preparation for USC. It's something that they probably won't do. But what they need to do is exactly what we just saw um, – what we just saw UCLA do. Put up 62 points on them. Yeah. Punch hey. them in the face. Put up 62 points. Make it style points. Try to make a – try to make some type of statement like, okay – we just went 5-0 against Pac-12 teams. We just put up 68 points on USC. You've seen all the mercy stuff that we gave Georgia mm-hmm. Southern and Idaho State. Give us something. Do something for us. And, and I do think that that's something I'd like to see them prepare for and do against USC. Put up some style points, man. Put the and, stink on them. And it's the it's the opponent to
1: do it against, if we're being honest your hands, because doing it against Georgia Southern, doing it against Idaho State, they're going to – they're gonna, they're gonna just, uh, they're gonna give you, an, they're gonna be like, okay, great, you did it against them. You do it against a team like USC, even as bad as this USC team appears to be, it is still USC that is going to obviously uh, give you, give people a say, wow, if BYU is gonna put that many points against this USC team, maybe we need to pay a little closer attention to them.
2: Well, they got to do something because right now they're just destined for the Independence Bowl, and maybe they've resigned to the fact that it will be the I Independence hope Bowl. I,
1: I hope they don't, though, because you've got to keep the hope alive as long as you possibly can.
2: Well, I think so, too. And, you know, a 10-2 and two season in this season, there's an argument. Yes. There's a real argument, man. They they, they beat a lot of P5 teams, and they've made a, a real impact, that, that Boise State loss. Hey, but if Oregon can remain the top three team in the country with a Stanford loss, <laughs> then, then BYU should get Nothing's a little impossible. bit – nothing to break, because Boise State would beat Stanford by 28 right now.
1: Yeah, speaking of Oregon, by the way, Tavian uh, Thomas just ran for a 10-yard touchdown, so seven nothing Utah early on in that one. For just for those of you keeping track at
2: home, and just for those of you keeping track at home, I did pick Utah to win that game.
1: I, I think I, I would have gone with you. I would have picked Utah. Yeah. I, th- I think they're, they've been brewing something special up there in Salt Lake City for Oregon. But oh, but
2: did you say it out out loud, ha- uh, Hatch?
1: Um, well, I did, wasn't on the pregame show, so no, I did not say it out loud.
2: It I, didn't yelled it from, I yelled it from a mountaintop. <laughs>
1: uh, so, I yeah. yodeled it. But So, Hans, you make up a good point there because that Stanford team is awful. and if, Yeah, if Oregon's going to be sitting in that three spot, why can't BYU be given the benefit of the doubt for that Boise, Boise loss? But
2: well, I'd like to see it. But, you know, in order to do it, you probably should have put 55 on Georgia Southern and you should probably put yeah. 65 on USC, but that's just not Kalani's style.
1: That's not his style, no doubt about that. All right, we will uh, get to our final segment on the post-game show here in just a moment. want to remind you guys that our Cougar post-game shows are brought to you by our good friends here at JCW's and Hands. You and I are huge fans of the wings down here. But yep. essentially anything and everything on that menu that I am looking at right now, Every single one of the things I've tried here has been absolutely delicious.
2: It is, man. JCW's, it's a classic burger. For those of you out there that want that thick, juicy, classic, well-designed burger, all top-end, high-quality meat, cheeses, lettuce, tomato, all locally sourced as well, as much as they can do, that's the best burger you can find in the state of Utah. Put it down. You can't find a better burger than JCW's.
1: Yeah, it's absolutely incredible, and appreciate their patronage. They are more than happy to have us down here, and we love being down here at our home away from home for these Cougar pre and post game shows. All right, more in a moment. Let's wrap up this win, BYU beating Georgia Southern thirty-four to seventeen. This is your Cougar post game show right here on the Zone Sports Network.
0: To start the second quarter, Hall on first down by Puka Nakua into the end zone, touchdown. Right out the gate, Hall, oh, a five-yard pass to Puka Nakua, his fourth touchdown on the season.
1: Welcome back to your Cougar post-game show here on the Zone Sports Network. BYU beating Georgia Southern 34-17. You just heard Puka Nakua uh, getting a touchdown pass. Uh, Puka Nakua having a very nice game for the Cougars in this one as BYU moves to 9-2 and two on the season. They will go for a double-digit win season next week when they take on the USC Trojans. Wanted to run down some of the statistics for you guys as we close out today's show. We'll start off with Jaron Hall. Uh, Leading BYU, 17 completions on 29 attempts. Grand total of 312 yards, two touchdowns against zero interceptions. The 59% completion percentage, a little lower than you typically see from him, but a nice game all the same. Tyler Algier taking over in the second half, finishing the game with 25 carries, 136 yards and one touchdown, averaging 5.4 yards per carry. One of the best uh, running backs in the country, as evidenced by him being a semifinalist for the Doak Walker Award. Uh... Obviously putting up a nice performance there for him. In the passing department for BYU, Gunnar Romney returned after a two-game absence, led the Cougars with five receptions for 87 yards, no touchdowns, uh, had a long of 47 in this game. Puka Nakua tied him in the receptions department just behind him in yards to so five receptions for Puka, 83 yards, and then two touchdowns. You heard one of the highlights coming back in his first touchdown. He had a big touchdown late in the game as well, which helped put BYU in front for good. Uh, Samson Akua, third on the team, three receptions for 68 yards. On the flip side, uh, Georgia Southern just absolutely smothered in the second half by BYU. The Eagles limited to just 93 total yards in the second half. No points. BYU's defense pitching a second-half shutout. Exactly what you wanted to see from a team that had been gouged a little bit in the first half, made the adjustments necessary to win that game on the defensive side uh, for BYU Ben Bywater led the Cougars with eight total tackles He is BYU's leading tackler on the season and continued that today uh, Pepe Tanuvasa who hands really highlighted when we were talking with him about BYU's defensive alignment finished second for the Cougars with six total tackles he had half a tackle for loss to go with all of his tackles Max Tooley before uh, actually leaving this game early left in the first half before that he actually had five total tackles already. He was on his way to it. seemed like a pretty good game before that targeting ejection cost him the rest of this contest. And then Uriah Atawa tying him with five total tackles. The Cougars as a team, six tackles for loss, uh, two interceptions, both of those coming for Jacob Robinson. One of them, I, I, well, both of them were critical, but I thought his second one where he went up, got it away from the defender and still got a foot down inbounds clearly, which is a phenomenal individual. ...play for him, and uh, really, really nice game for him at that safety spot for the Cougars. Two critical turnovers. Only two turnovers, I believe, in this game on either side. So BYU wins again, uh, winning the turnover margin, and Kalani Sitake is very uh, quick to point that out. Yes, so two turnovers for Georgia Southern, none for BYU, and BYU gets seven points off those turnovers, and such a critical, critical part of any contest, and when you win the turnover margin, more often than not, you're going to win the games that you play. So... There you go, the statistics that you guys need to know as you round out today's show. BYU will go for win number 10 next week at the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum down there in L.A. taking on the USC Trojans. Trojans getting absolutely plastered in their rivalry game against UCLA today, giving up 62 points in a 62-33 loss to the Bruins uh, this USC team sure appears to have decided to mail it in for the rest of the year. We'll see how they look against BYU next week. It's going to be a late night there in LA and eight 30 mountain time kickoff on ESPN. That means pregame coverage on the zone will come your way at seven 30 right here on the zone sports network. A uh, hands also to myself gets ready for that one with both pre and post game coverage for whatever happens between the Cougars and the Trojans in that one. And, I'm fully expecting BYU to get to 10-2 and two next week. It just sure looks like the USC is just playing out the string at this point. So that's going to do it uh, for Lloyd, producing back in the studio for us. Thank him for all of his work. Thank Hans for joining us for the first two segments of this one, and hope you all are doing great out there. Thanks to Megan, by the way, also Tech, and that's been hanging out with me all day. We got here at 9.30 this morning to do the Saturday show, so it's been a full day down here at JCW's, but that's going to do it for us. Hope you guys all have a great rest of your evening, and we will talk to you guys again next week. This has been your Cougar Post Game Show, brought to you by our friends at JCW's, who have been hosting us here, as well as our friends at TridayTrading.com. Have a great night. This has been the Cougar Post Game Show, right here on The Zone.